Hi, you're listening to Mastering Money, where we explore the many aspects of good financial decision-making. I'm Doretta Thompson, Financial Literacy Leader for Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada. We provide no-cost programs and free online resources that help Canadians own their finances and learn the language of money. This season, we're focusing on important money conversations. Why? Because discussing finances may be uncomfortable. And in some circles, talking about money can even be taboo, but it really shouldn't be. It's important to start conversations about money and keep those conversations going. My guest today is Stephen Ranson, President and CEO of Home Equity Bank, a federally regulated Schedule One Canadian bank. Stephen is a chartered professional accountant who was recently named a fellow of CPA Ontario and recently co-authored a book called Home Run, The Reverse Mortgage Advantage. Stephen's here to talk about reverse mortgages and how they might fit into your plan to retire comfortably and remain in your family home. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career? So I'm a CPA as well. I've actually been here for 25 years, so I'm, I'm, the employee's been around the longest. I started my career at one of the predecessor companies of KPMG, did a number of things in financial services, and then kind of ended up at Canadian Home Income Plan uh, before we were a bank, and it's coming up on 25 years next March. What is it that inspires you about working in this field? It's a lot of the same things now that there were 25 years ago. So I, I'm probably like a lot of people. When I first heard about this 26 or 27 years ago, I was completely skeptical. Um, somebody asked me to meet the fellow, William Turner, who founded the company. And I, I said, like, reverse mortgage is like, who would want one? And then I met with them and I realized, you know, this is like, it, it's really a fantastic product. And I could see, you know, even 25 years ago, the way demographics were going. In fact, this product was going to become incredibly important to people going forward. It just seemed like, you know, a great opportunity from a product point of view and a, and a business opportunity and just a great opportunity to help people in a way that no other product can do it. And that was true 25 years ago, and it's still true today. And as somebody who deals exclusively with seniors, what are some of the common concerns that Canadians have when they're planning for retirement that, that you see in your interactions with the people? It's sort of three things, right? Like people are living longer, they're saving less, and they're carrying more debt into retirement. People have just, you know, I've gotten comfortable with that. You know, interest rates are incredibly low. And, you know, you're living longer, right? If you, you have a 65-year-old couple, there's a one in two chance that one of them will live into their 90s, you know, which is just unheard of even, you know, 30 years ago. And then rates are low. It's really hard to make money on your savings. People just tend to spend more. And then, as I said, people are more comfortable carrying debt into retirement. So uh, for our customers, our average customer is 72 years old, 35 to 40% of them are actually using the proceeds from our product to pay off conventional debt and get out from under those regular monthly payments. You know, one of the things we, we've learned from studies is that most Canadians want to live as safely and independently in their own home for as long as they can. Have you seen COVID making a difference in that regard? Has that affected people talking to you about this particular product? So I agree with both statements. You know, we've done surveys pre-COVID and now you know, during COVID, I wish I could say post-COVID, but, you know, even pre-COVID, you know, 80, 85% of people that we surveyed want to stay in their home as long as they possibly can. The Ontario government did a survey, same type of survey early in COVID, came up with roughly the same results. And I'd say even 
more so now that that COVID has, you know, continues, I guess. People want to stay in their home as long as they can. They don't necessarily want to stay there, you know, until they pass away. Most people realize that at some point, you know, the home may become too much for them, but they like to stay in there longer than they otherwise could or might be able to. And now, certainly with COVID, the last thing you want to do until, you know, we get COVID under control is move into some sort of group setting, you know, even in a retirement home, you know, if you don't need nursing care, but moving into a retirement home, you're in that group setting. And unfortunately, we all know the history of, of some of those group settings and, and how COVID spread. So for sure, since COVID started, I think the numbers, the percentage of people who want to stay has probably gone up. And have you had more inquiries given that scenario? So it's been kind of an interesting cycle, you know, early in, in COVID, probably like a lot of people, we didn't really know what was going to happen. And I would say a lot of clients uh, and potential clients, people were almost frozen, right? Just generally across all sectors, not just older Canadians. And so for the first few months through till about September of 2020, things were relatively quiet. In fact, our business was down, you know, quite a bit. And then starting in Q4, I think people realized, hey, wait a minute, you know, this isn't going away. I've still got the same financial issues as I had before. And now I've got this pressing feeling like I want to stay in my home. What am I going to do? And, and since Q4 2020, our results have been really strong. And what role has the increase in value of, of homes? We, we're all hearing about what COVID has done to real estate prices, et cetera. It is a product that, you know, is not well understood. And it's a product that we've noticed when, when people feel more confident about the real estate market and more confident about the economy generally, you know, our business tends to do better. I think people feel like if their house value is going up, um, there's a bit more room for them perhaps to use the equity than they might have otherwise. So I think it certainly helps. Although interestingly, we do get clients and potential clients who, you know, we tell them what their house is worth now because part of the process is you have to get your house appraised. And there are people who go like, holy mackerel, you know, if my house is worth that, I'm going to sell it. So it has actually had a, another impact on our business of just people saying, you know, I, I kind of think this is too good to be true and I'm going to cash out. You've said that, that this is a product that's not well understood. And let's take a little look and dig a little bit deeper into that. Can you explain for our listeners exactly what a reverse mortgage is and then how it might fit into a retirement plan? Oh, for sure. So it's a pretty simple product. That's actually the main thing we tell people. It's not actually that complicated, right? It, it's a mortgage. The principal difference between our product and a conventional mortgage or a line of credit is we qualify you differently. So how much you get depends on how old you are and what your house is worth. We're much less interested in your credit score uh, because one of the other features of the product is you're never making payments. So we don't worry about you know, whether you can afford the payments because you know, there aren't any. So the credit process is completely different. And then the other thing is it, it doesn't have a maturity date, right? That the mortgage only comes due when you decide to sell your house. So it's not like, okay, well, I qualified for this mortgage and five years later when it comes due, I'm going to have to requalify. You qualify for that amount of money and, and you're qualified until you, you know, basically you decide to move out of the house. So we have customers, you know, from I think our 1992 and 1993, you know, people who've really enjoyed the product for a good long time and know that there's not going to be an event that's going to happen that's going to require them to leave the home. And the third big benefit is there's no payments. So as I said earlier, 40, 35, 40% of people are paying down conventional debt. The fact that, they're, you know, they're paying down conventional debt, here's a way to get out from under those regular monthly payments and where we are now, you know, everyone's expecting rates to be going up through 2022. 
you know, those payment obligations are going to increase. Here's a way to access the equity in your home, stay there as long as you want, and never have to worry about those monthly payments. So the basic features of the product, I said, are, are relatively simple. The myths are, you know, the product, the number one is that somehow or other we're going to end up owning your house, which is just not true, right? As I said, it's a mortgage. And in fact, for, for most people, house price appreciation more than pays for the interest. So they're ending up with lots of equity left over when they, you know, when they ultimately decide to sell. The other thing is, you know, you don't have to take all the money you're offered, right? So people have this perception, oh, you know, I've got a million dollar house. I qualify for $300,000. You know, I can't possibly use $300,000. I'm not going to do it. Uh, in fact, you can take any or all of that $300,000, depending on how you need the money. So if you only need $50,000, only take $50,000. And most people do that. In fact, we, um, we tend to lend only about 80% of a kind of theoretical maximum because, you know, people are Canadians, right? They're, they're prudent and they do the things that, you know, prudent, practical Canadians do. They kind of take what they need. Um, and then the last thing, you know, in terms of is it expensive, the upfront costs are really the same as getting a conventional mortgage with one exception. Uh, we ask all our clients to get independent legal advice. You know, again, because we, we recognize it's not as well understood a product as we would, would like and as, as we hope it might be, you know, a year from now. Um, but anyway, you know, we want to make sure everybody understands exactly how the product works. So that's unique. But the other parts of it, you know, you have to get your house appraised. You've got to pay the legal closing costs. Those are, you know, similar. And then in terms of interest rates, so our rate today, our one-year rate is 3.99%. Our uh, prime base rate is 4.09, which is about 160 basis points, 165 basis points above prime. Uh, our clients and, and their sort of credit profile went to get a HELOC, they're probably paying prime plus one. So yeah, it's marginally more expensive, but you're getting a completely different set of features and benefits. You're getting things that hopefully help you and are important to you, and you pay a slight premium for it. Other than the interest rate, there's no ongoing fees. You're not paying administration fees. You're not paying standby fees. There's no other sort of credit fees. You know, as I said, it's a pretty, pretty simple product. If you step back, and we've talked about kind of particular uses for the product, but if you step back to this whole idea of kind of mastering money and, and financial planning and how do you manage your assets in retirement, part of what we're trying to talk to people about, and this is the people who are perhaps in better financial circumstances and are thinking about managing their assets, is the fact that, you know, you really have three pools of assets, right? You've got your RSP and probably RIF at that point. Uh, you might have a pension plan, although percentage of people you know have one is going down as we all know you might have some amount of savings outside your registered plans your non-registered and then you've got your house we think there's a bigger opportunity to manage those three broad pools of assets away from the traditional strategy of well i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna run down my unregistered stuff and then i'm gonna draw the money out of my ref and then you know the last thing i'll do is take equity out of the house whatever it happens to be a lot of times that's the least tax efficient way to do it because you end up with these, you know, big withdrawals out of your RIF, you're clawing back old age security, uh, your CPP becomes, you know, taxable at a higher tax, tax rate. We really encourage people to talk to a financial planner about what are the opportunities around those three pools of assets and how you can manage those assets in a different way. That's an area where we're focusing uh, now is uh, what we call sort of the wealth management business. So it's not really wealth management in the sense of, you know, 
ultra wealthy, but it's people who've, who've got these different pools of assets and how might they manage them in retirement in a you know somewhat different way. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I hear from financial planners that yeah. you know people who have who've saved hard all their lives and then suddenly find that their retirement it, it sort of getting the money from their retirement savings funds they end up up in a higher tax bracket than when they were saving yeah. it. it can, can have really unfortunate tax consequences. Who qualifies for a reverse mortgage, and, and how much do they would they qualify for? It's based on how old are you and where do you live. The older you are, the more money you qualify for. The minimum age is 55 years old. We underwrite in almost everywhere in Canada uh, to some degree. It's kind of what your house, what type of house you have will, will potentially make, make a difference. And uh, in terms of what you qualify for, so at about 80 years old, you would qualify for roughly 57% loan to value. As I said, it goes down by age. So at 65, you'd be in this sort of 35% loan to value. Our average customers in the early 70s, just kind of how it works out. And the average loan to value of new loans we underwrite is about 30%. And again, that goes back to what I said earlier, people don't take all the money that they qualify for. So it's been, you know, probably been between 28 and 33% for 25 years, really. And the average dollar amounts in the 180 to $200,000 range. We do, you know, substantially bigger mortgages for people, depending if their house, what their house is worth, but that's tends to be our average. So Stephen, a lot of different financial products really fit different kinds of circumstances. What kinds of circumstances would a reverse mortgage not make any financial sense? So if you think about the product and what it's designed for, right, it's designed for people who want to stay in their home really as long as they can. So if you have somebody who, uh, you know, they only need the money for a year or so, probably not the best product. Uh, it's probably actually, you know, simpler to do something else. Uh, the other circumstance would be if you're really struggling, even with a reverse mortgage to, you know, pay your property taxes and your fire insurance, or you've got, you know, uh, other significant credit issues, uh, you're probably... I hardly ever recommend this. In that case, you're probably better to sell your house, clear your debts, and hopefully downsize or move into a rental. What do people typically use the money for? All sorts of things. You know, as I said, the principal one being 35 to 40% of people are paying back conventional debt. So they're they're improving their cash flow in retirement by basically getting out from under that. And then after that, it's you know quite a range of things. We are seeing in, in expensive housing markets, people are getting a mortgage and then giving a substantial amount of money to their children or sometimes even their grandchildren to help them get started. We also see people who just want to make life a little bit better. So you, know, you hire somebody to cut the grass and shovel the driveway. You go see your kids in, you know, I'm, I'm in Toronto. You go see your kids in Vancouver, you know, three times a year, maybe instead of once. Sort of basic Kind of things people tend to use the money for fairly practical uses we don't you know we don't get too many people going around the world cruises or you know buy luxury vehicles kind of thing um it's really all the things that people might potentially you know use money for is what you use the product for we had people you know some people bought second homes right they want to have a place for you know a cottage for example that their kids can come to and congregate all sorts of different things when do people typically start to consider the reverse mortgage option? We've had people who've uh, you know, approached us and they've been thinking about the product for like two, three years. 
That's a bit unusual, but we, you know, our general feeling is people do a fair amount of research before they first contact us. Most people who approach us now are reasonably, you know, well-informed, you know, which is good. And our average customer, as I said, is 72. I think that's because people tend, still tend to retire kind of in their mid-60s. And it takes a few years for them to figure out what their financial circumstance is going to be in retirement. Uh, and then it's, okay, you know, this is not what I was hoping for. Or, uh, you know, I think there's different ways that I can manage my pools of assets or retirement savings. You know, and here's a way to do it. You know, it is a product we actually encourage people to take time to think over. So the average customer, uh, you know, takes about 30 days from the time they first inquire to the time they get a, a reverse mortgage. Again, that's around helping people understand the product, make sure they completely understand it, uh, make sure their family members are involved, that kind of thing. As I said, we have customers who've been, you know, thinking about it for years and then finally decide, okay, you know, now I'm ready. We would say, when should people think about it? As you're thinking about your retirement and your plans and, you know, what, what are my assets and what are the things I want to do and how much money do I think I need? That's when you'd be saying, okay, well, this is one of the options. And we would encourage you to call us and we'll tell you, or on our website, we actually have a calculator. You can put in, okay, here's my house value. Here's how old I am. Here's where I live. And we'll give you a rough ballpark of what you might qualify for. The theme of our series is difficult conversations. And I think difficult conversations around retirement, et cetera, I think to have these, this particular set of conversations, it's been important for us to lay that groundwork about what reverse mortgages are. But, you know, it can be hard for people to discuss their concerns about being able to afford to stay in their own homes. So how can they prepare for a conversation? for example, about this with you, what questions will they be asked? And you know, is there particular information they should bring to you? Things that will help them prepare and make these conversations easier. You know, there's no judgment on our part. Right? This is what we do. And, and we've, we've seen all sorts of circumstances. We've had people who you know, literally fell behind in their property taxes and, and were within a week of the municipality kicking them out and helping them to you know, that people who are thinking about this potentially two years down the road. This is what we do. So we've probably heard it all in terms of what, you know, your particular concerns might be. And we're here to help people understand kind of what the choices are and understand a bit more about the product. So the fact that you don't have to take all the money up front, that you can create a monthly income stream. And you know, we try and help people understand, well, what is it they, they need the money for? And what's the best way for them to get it? The bigger issue we see is around people talking to their families. We just really encourage people to talk to their families and get their families involved in the process. Because a lot of times, you know, parents are proud. They don't necessarily want their kids to know that, you know, potentially they need money or, you know, retirement isn't working out for them uh, the way they thought. And a lot of times they've, you know, sacrificed to help their kids. And when the kids realize what's going on, a lot of them will say, well, wait a minute, you know, You've, you've done so much for me in my life. Now, you know, this is a great idea. You should be doing this because you should take advantage of it. You mentioned that monthly income streams is one way to access the capital that is advanced in the reverse mortgage. Can you explain that a little bit, what a monthly income stream looks like? Sure. So let's say you have a million dollar house and, and you qualify for $300,000. So now you've got this $300,000, you can decide really how you want that money. So you could take the $300,000 up front because you've got a particular, you know, you 
unique or individual need for it. You can say, well, you know what? I really only need 50,000. So you take 50 and you just leave that 250 for you to come back to at some point in the future. Or you can say, well, I'd really actually like, you know, $1,000 a month for the next 300 months or $2,000 a month for the next 150 months, you know, that kind of thing. And it's really, it, again, you have the flexibility to just say, okay, you know, based on the $300,000 that I qualify for, how much do I need each month? And you can keep drawing that money until you, know, you get up to the $300,000. And so you've got a lot of flexibility. In fact, I think we do it, we'll actually do it quarterly in addition to being monthly. And then you can do something in between. You can say, okay, well, if I really need $50,000 right now, and that $250,000, I'll take $1,000 a month for the next 250 months or, you know, any combination thereof, like take a hundred and whatever. It's really, all we really tried to do to people say, look, you qualify for this $300,000. And then the conversation becomes, well, how much do you need now versus what you might need in the future? What impact are higher inflation rates going to have on people thinking about a reverse mortgage? Well, it's certainly going to help house prices, uh, which is good, right? If your house appreciates, um, that's always a good thing whether you have a reverse mortgage or not. Um, you know, it will result in higher interest rates, will, which will result in, you know, slightly higher cost of borrowing for, you know, pretty much every product. Uh, other than that, I don't think it's a significant issue. Um, you know, and, and to the extent that higher interest rates actually occur, uh, again, you know, the borrower isn't really seeing that during the term of the loan because they're, they're, they don't have these monthly payments that are suddenly going to go up as a result of an increase in prime or, or some other basic interest rates. What if house prices go down? Well, that's a great thing about a reverse mortgage, right? You can never own more than the value of your house. So um, that, that's kind of the built-in protection uh, for customers, really. I think the other thing which I've talked about in the past is most people don't take all the money. So uh, we assume people are going to take you know, every dollar on day one to the extent that they don't, uh, they kind of give themselves a bit of a buffer because we're not charging you anything you know, for the money you didn't take, obviously. Um, so you still have a measure of protection for the vast majority of clients, even when uh, house prices fall somewhat. So you would never be required to repay a portion of the loan or no. if the value of your no, house. It doesn't matter what happens to property prices. It's really, uh, in fact, it doesn't matter what happens to you personally over the life of the loan. It's really about how long you live in your home and the triggering event for when the mortgage gets repaid uh, is when you decide you've, you know, you want to move and you sell your house. So what happens when you make the decision to sell your house? What does that process look like? It's just like any other real estate transaction. You decide, I'm going to sell my house. Now's the time. You know, all the usual stuff you have to go through. Um, and then when you sell the house, because we're a mortgage registered on title, uh, your lawyer will just uh, ensure that the mortgage is paid off. Uh, just again, like any other mortgage. And uh, you keep all the equity uh, remaining in the home. So for most Canadians, house values are increasing at least the same level as the interest rate and probably in some cases higher. Uh, so you're actually building up equity over the term of the loan. And then when you repay, uh, you keep all that upside that you've earned over the last, you know, five, seven, 10, whatever number of years it happens to be. Does it ever happen that at the time that the house is sold, there's no equity left? Uh, very rarely. Um, you know, we've, I think we've made 55,000 loans over the entire life of the product. And that's happened 
I think less than a hundred times. Uh, and it's tended to be actually driven more by uh, unique circumstances rather than changes in property markets. Um, people don't remember, but there was a whole leaky condo issue in Vancouver years ago where certain condo buildings, you know, prices really fell dramatically. You know, in Windsor, when the car companies years ago were first closing, a lot of plants had a pretty significant impact on the real estate market. Um, but it, it happens very rarely because most people only take 30% or so of the money that they qualify for. Right? So they've got lots of margin before they really have to worry about that happening. Okay. Um, are there any other sort of potential pitfalls to reverse mortgages that you'd like to address? I think it's really, it, you know, it goes back to the earlier question. You really have to think about what are your objectives um, and does this product meet your needs? And so, as I said, if you only plan to be in the house for a year or so, uh, this is probably not the right product. Uh, but if you want to be in the house for a long time, you know, five years, seven years, our actual assumption is people are going to be there nine to 12 years, um, you know, then this is the right product. It, it, it's like any financial product. You should be thinking about what am I trying to achieve and does this product work for me? Um, you know, they, uh, probably, you know, the other, it's not really a pitfall, but, you know, if you have lots of money um, and, and lots of annual income and you can afford or qualify for traditional credit, which is a pretty small minority of people in retirement. But if you're in that circumstance, again, probably, uh, you know, you should go get conventional credit, um, you know, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to be in that situation. So if somebody, you know, as they get closer to the, to the end of their life and they need uh, in-home care, et cetera, they want to stay in their home and time has passed since they initially negotiated a reverse mortgage and the value of their house has gone up significantly in the meantime, um, can they come back and increase that amount? Yep. People do not actually that often, but you can do it. You can come back and, you know, refinance your mortgage. Uh, regardless of how you initially took the money, whether you took it all or you're on the monthly income stream, it's really kind of up to you. You raised an interesting use of the funds in, in your question right at the beginning. Uh, we do actually see people who are you know, 85, 90 who need home care and need significant amounts of home care you know, in the $10,000 a month, month range. They will take that monthly product. They tend to be people living in cities where house prices are really well, Toronto and Vancouver in particular. And if you're in a you know, $1.5 million house, you, at that age, you would qualify for $750,000, maybe $800,000. So $10,000 a month actually can go a pretty long way to help you stay in the home. We, we've seen that as a definite use for the product among that sort of older age group. Do you ever have the children coming to you to be concerned about their parents? And is this an option for their parents? Yeah, sometimes you just, you know, you run into privacy issues, but we can certainly say, look, you know, based on the age of your parents and the value of their house, it would be about this ballpark. You can't, nowadays with privacy legislation, you can't go too far down the road in terms of getting into specifics without the involvement of the parents. I mean, obviously, if you have POA over your parents, then, you know, then you can do it. But um, yeah, for sure, we do. Although I would say most of our inquiries are actually from potential clients themselves. Do you recommend that people involve their families in these discussions? For sure. It just avoids problems down the road. I think, you know, kids should understand what their parents, you know, what their challenges are, why perhaps they might need the money. We have had kids who said, wait a minute, 
I didn't realize, you know, what was going on with you. And it, in fact, rather than get a reverse mortgage, the kids have actually given the parents money. And we've also had the more often than not, we get the opposite, which is the kids go, well, you know, if you need it and this is important to you, then, you know, you should be doing it. And we're hundred percent supportive. Uh, but most time, most time kids are, are, are going to be the heirs of the estate uh, when it happens. And so you're better to have everything known up front than, uh, you know, any kind of surprises down the road. So if somebody is interested in looking into getting a reverse mortgage, where can they get them? So you can do it a bunch of different ways. Uh, you can just call us directly and we do a fair, fair amount of our business that way. Uh, we actually also have referral relationships with uh, the major banks, all the major banks and all the major mortgage brokerage firms. So there's lots of different ways you can find out about us. If you work with your banker, uh, that actually works pretty well because, you know, your banker tends to have a better understanding of your overall financial plan because they know what some of your other assets are. And then we can all, also make sure that the money goes directly into your bank account and your banker knows that it's happened and the, and the transaction has happened. And therefore, you know, they need to get going and, and kind of help you with that, uh, you know, with that money that you've received. I have to say that I feel personally much more educated about this now because it's not something that I had ever really thought about, you know, is in terms of, and I, you know, I'm not that far from retirement myself. What I worry about is the way people are using, now I'm of that generation that you bought a house, you saved really hard and you paid off your mortgage and people are not paying off their mortgages. They're refinancing right to the hilt every time and all of that. And I really worry about what they're going to be left with. You know, the people that are kind of, you know, around 40 now, what, where they're going to be when they're retiring, if they haven't paid off their mortgages. Yeah. You know? The unfortunate thing about the product is called the reverse mortgage. You know, they call it equity release in the UK. And it's just, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that people think about that. You know, one of our clients said to me, actually, it's kind of funny, a guy I'd worked with, 30 years ago and it turned out he was a client and I was chatting with him and he said, well, you know, you have two choices, right? You can access the equity in your home by selling, or you can access the equity in your home by staying there. You know, what would you rather do? You'd rather stay there. That's really how most of our clients feel. They want to stay in their home, as I said, longer than they otherwise might be able to. Yeah, actually that is an elegant way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, kind of what it's all about. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Mastering Money from Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada. You can click to all the resources mentioned in this episode in the description for this podcast in your podcast app. Please rate and review us. And if you'd like to get in touch, our email is financialliteracy at cpacanada.ca. Please note, the views expressed by our guests are theirs alone and not necessarily the views of CPA Canada. This is a recorded podcast. The information presented is current as of the date of recording. New and changing government legislations and programs may have come into effect since the recording date. Please seek additional professional advice or information before acting on any podcast information. Be well, be kind, and remember, preparation is the key to success for those important but difficult money conversations. Mm -hmm.